Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Listening to the Hollywood Boulevard podcast, hosted by Jonathan Moody and Donnie Sturgis. Hey, hey, guys! Uh, welcome to another wonderful, fun installment of uh, Hollywood Boulevard podcast. Uh, tonight, I will be hosting the show um, as we talk about the two Gate movies, Gate One and Gate Two. Um, with me, as always, is my co-host Jonathan Moody. Hey, what's up, man? And then uh, our producer Alfred Crane will be uh, will be joining us as well as usual. Hello, I'm sitting here with Dr. Zayas and Fluffy tonight, joining you all to talk <laughs> about the gate. Hey, I'm with nice. Lady, so there you go. <laughs> I'm all alone. All my girlies oh. are off on 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 house adventures somewhere. Oh, <laughs> um, all right, so this was. Uh, for for tonight's show, like I mentioned, we're going to be covering uh, The Gate and uh, Gate 2. Um, two movies, well, one movie that's been one of my favorites since I was a kid. Uh, the other one I just watched just a couple weeks ago for the first time because I'd never seen it. Um, and I kind of wanted to just kind of talk about these a little bit because they're, you know, they're one of them is considered kind of a classic. The other one's kind of considered, uh, I guess, a cult classic. I don't even know if it's even that, uh, if it's considered that good. I mean, Shout Factory... Or Screen Factory did just put out a, a Blu-ray of it um, about a month or so ago, so there's that. Um, so a little bit of background. Um, well, let me let me start with this. Um, you guys, you guys both saw watched the Gate, um, mm-hmm. but you guys haven't seen the Gate. Did either of you see the Gate too? I know Jonathan, you said you haven't seen the Gate two yet. Did you get a chance to see the second one, Alfred? I have not. All right, <laughs> you guys are horrible. You guys get an F for effort. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, that's that's the important one, really. That's that's the that's the one that's that's actually considered decent. Uh, I'm I'll I'll talk about the gate too as well, just because I I do have some some thoughts on it um, after watching it. Um, but um, we'll we'll start with some with some initial impressions. Since you guys came into the, the into the first gate movie late, um, <laughs> Alfred, what are your thoughts on on the on the first gate film overall? I thought it was actually pretty good. It's one of those that I was like, had I seen it? Had I not seen it? And one of my friends, we were discussing it on a thread today. And we were, he's like, I remember parts of it. I don't remember if I saw the whole thing. And, and then when I I watched it and I was like, this is, it was actually good. It was better than I thought it was going to be. And it did have some scenes. We'll probably get into there. It's like, as soon as I saw the scene, I was like, that's the movie. Right. 
the one thing I don't want to go into right now, we'll get to it, but it's very iconic and it, it was very cool. Um, I, I The opening credits, when I saw that, I was like, I thought immediately of Stranger Things, you know, with sure, the red sure. and the black credits. And I was like, well, and Stranger Things just drew on so much stuff. I thought it was really cool. The music was wild. They had a, the kind of like a Brady Bunch poltergeist dish home. Um, sure. Yeah. Where all the events Very happen, much so. and the special effects were cool, and um, the model rockets really brought that back to me because I did a lot of SD's model rockets when I was a kid, oh, and sweet. Um, had some so, misadventures with those as well. See, this is a movie that probably wouldn't ride up your alley uh, if you had seen it when it first came out. Yes, definitely. Awesome, but okay, I am glad you liked it. Good. And when it said Stephen Dorff was in it, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. His, his first film role. <laughs> yeah, his first film role. A little, little, little pudgy, little pudgy kid. Like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Um, Jonathan, what are your thoughts on the film? Well, um, I watched it with a friend of mine last night. Uh, we do a movie night every Sunday night, and uh, usually I – like I'll pick a bunch of movies and he'll choose or whatever and that or and then the next week vice versa. And sure. so I picked a bunch of I, I showed him Shutter, right? And I told him I was mm-hmm. watching I was gonna be doing the gate eventually, so I was either gonna watch it later that night or then, you know, if he picked it. And he picked the gate because he had seen it and uh he actually said, I don't know if Shutter has like some uh, like a special edition version that has like extra scenes, but there was a couple he did not remember, and he's seen the movie way more than once. So sure, uh, there's a couple he didn't remember at all, and that was pretty cool. Uh, it, it was, yeah, it was a pretty cool. Like, I don't know, it was a fun little '80s film. I, uh, I it seemed like a movie that I would have like I would have fell in love with Krista Denton. Like, had I oh, watched yeah. it when I was a kid, you know, I would have been like, that's oh, my new crush. I, oh, yeah. I certainly but, did. Yeah, I certainly had a she, crush on uh, her when I watched it. Yeah, she is, she is, she's adorable. And and she really, like, honestly, it was, like, one of the best brother-sister combo kind of things, you know? Like, I just, I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, I enjoyed everything about it, like the whole idea and concept and everything. So I think we're going to go into that stuff and I don't want to, you know, go into that until we sure. talk about that. But, um, uh, so that's, that's it. I, I just really, really enjoy the gate and I wish that I could have bought the gate too, but it's like 22 bucks on Blu-ray and I'm like right now and kind of like non-spending until Texas and sure, mode sure, right sure. now. And, you know, uh, and it's not available anywhere else for not even to rent, and that is a bummer. I know, you know, it is really weird. Oh god! No, I, yeah, I just so I was agreeing with you. I just said it's it's really strange that because usually um, movies like that, like if Screen or Shout Factory puts out a movie, usually it'll end up on Prime at least to rent. But for some reason, because the first gate's on Prime for for uh, I think it I think it I think you might actually be on Prime, but it but I might not be. You might have to rent it. But I was really surprised too that that the second one wasn't available. Um, for at least renting on Amazon. So it's kind of strange. It, it's on Prime. Too. Let me let you guys know. It's on Prime, but only as a Shutter add-on. 
So you have to get uh, uh, the Shutter add-on from Amazon, or get or uh, get Shutter to watch it. And Shutter's only five dollars, uh, five dollars right. a month. So that's a, I mean, that's not uh, bad. I hate to say, but that's a really good good deal for like a junk load of horror films. So sure, sure. Yeah. So. All right. Um, well, let me give you a little backstory because I I saw it like it was one of those it was one of those movies that they played on cable like all the time when I was like I it was it came out in '87. I probably saw it either right around '87 or '88. So I would have been about 13, 14 years old. So it hit me right at the right point in my life. Like it was like one of those things where, um, you know, I was big and like Goonies was huge at that point in time. Monster Squad <laughs> movies like that where it was basically kid centric. It had a, it had a dark enough horror bent that it was scary, but it wasn't like ultra scary. It wasn't like Freddy Krueger. It wasn't like you know like like all these really like super gruesome R rated. I think it's like PG thirteen um, at best. Um, so it was it it really hit that perfect sweet spot where I was I was already watching horror movies since I was ten at that point, and this one came along and it, and it really hit that Goonies kind of Monster Squad kind of vibe. Um, I, 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 at the time I didn't know who Steven Dorff was because I mean, he just started, you know, was, he was brand new to the whole business. Um, but like, like you said, uh, Jonathan, I, I had a huge crush, uh, on the sister. Um, and I really loved the dynamic that they had because it would have been so easy to have them be the typical, like, like going at it and being just like, you know, being like, I mean, there's a little bit of antagonism between the two of them, but for the most part, the whole movie really focuses on how how much they how close they are as brother and sister, and that's cause that's the thing that saves the day. So, um, I remember watching it and just loving the hell out of it. And so every time it was on cable, I'd watch it every time. And even when it like was on like regular like network television, it wasn't edited too much. Uh, there was a couple of gruesome parts because it's not really that gruesome. It's not it's not very violent. Um, it's not very uh, not very gory. Uh, it's really just the imagery is just really, really intense in, a lot, in some scenes, like perfect for, it's like that perfect movie for when you're transitioning, you know, in your teenage years, your early teenage, you're going, you know, you're not quite an adult yet to watch the older fair, um, but you're, you've kind of outgrown like the stuff like, you know, the, the, the kid stuff. So that, like, like I said, I, I think it would have been perfect for you, Alfred, because I mean, you're a little older than I am, but you're st- I think you still would have been mm-hmm. in that sweet spot where you would have loved it perfectly when it came out. Um, cause that's where I was. And so it's, it's one of my favorites because, um, and for those who, who aren't familiar with the movie, I'll break it down for you real quick. Basically it's a, uh, Steven Dorff plays this kid. He's probably like maybe like 10 years old, uh, maybe a little younger. His, his older sister is like 14, 15 and their parents go away for the weekend and leave her as a babysitter. Well, um, Steven Dorff's character, I think his name is Glenn, him and his, his best friend who's, who lives next door, um, they accidentally summon demons. And it's very, that's one of the, another thing I love about it. It's very Cthulhu-like in, in, the, in the themes because the demons that are summoned are the dark ones from before, you know, God and everything. So it has a very Cthulhu kind of, uh, kind of theme to it, which is really awesome. Even the, even the creature mm-hmm. design is very Cthulhu-like. Uh, multiple right. eyes, multiple arms and stuff. Um, so they accidentally summon these demons from, uh, in this hole in their backyard, and the whole thing is just them. It's just very kid-centric. It's like the, the kids are the heroes in this movie. Like, there's no adult supervision this entire film except the very beginning uh, when the parents are there. Um, but it's basically these kids fending for themselves, and I was big into that at that time. I was like, I, I loved, because I identified with it, because I used to live in a trailer park, and we'd go have adventures in the woods behind the, behind the trailer park and stuff. So I was very, it was, I was very in tune to that sort of thing. 
Um, but I think it still holds up even now. Like it's 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 got a lot. It's got good themes to it. It's got some good uh, special effects work. But anyway, so they try to they try to summon these demons, or they they accidentally summon these demons, and then they try to basically send them back uh, through the gate. All sorts of really cool shit happens. Zombies come out. Little minion, little demonic minions come out, and everything. Really fun. It's a great movie. Uh, if, you, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Like I said, I think I think you can rent it on Amazon if you don't do the Shutter Pack. If you if you otherwise, yeah, I see you have to do the Shutter Pack um, in order to get it. But um, so that's the plot. Um, so, and from what I've been reading about this, uh, the original concept for it was a little different. Um, I guess the um, uh, the the original concept was basically the the guy who wrote it uh, was basically like basing on on his childhood and all the, the horrible things that he that he dealt with like nasty thoughts and nightmares and stuff um, and the and the brother and sister were originally supposed to be more like mischievous and more of a more kind of antagonistic than they were uh, and the demons were supposed to like spread to the rest of the town and like start and, and it was actually supposed to be a lot more uh, dark and nefarious than the original. Uh, than than what ended up, but I'm kind of glad we ended up with what we had. Um, so, um, let's see. Let's uh, so let's go with the with the production. Let's 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 dive into the production because um, that's one of the things I think is so great about this movie. Uh, doesn't have a, didn't have a very high budget. I think it was I think it was a, a Canadian uh, production. Uh, in fact, um, or like a U.S. Canadian uh, joint uh, production, but. The production and the cast. So, the production was again very low budget. But if you look look at how well the film is shot, um, and how well the special effects are, considering the budget that they had, um, and the and the cast that they got was pretty decent, all things considered. Like you said, a young Stephen Dorff. Um, so, thoughts uh, from from Alfred or Jonathan, whichever wants to go first, on on you know what you thought about the production of side of things. Like, did it look too chintzy? Did it look too cheap? Or did it look like they did a really great job of really like like uh, making the buck go as far as they could, uh, as far as production and cast is concerned? Uh, well, Jonathan, we'll go with you first. Um, I think yeah. I mean, I think there might be a little cheesiness at times. You know, like. Um, I know I, the, they must have just stopped motion animation or something. Or, they did. Uh, yeah, and, and it looks cool. Like all the, the the effects are cool, but then you can kind of, you know, you can tell it's it's stop motion, you know, or whatever. Like sure. um, the uh, the little the little demons, and then the really big demon was awesome. I really really enjoyed that. Um, you know that that part. Um, I was not expecting that at all. So when yeah, I saw right. that, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And all the like the other creatures, all the the zombies, basically that kind of come yes. around or whatever. Uh, those were those were really cool. So I don't know. I like I I thought for an eighties, um, you know, kind of Monster Squad style movie, it, it it did really well to kind of show off this. Uh, you know, the effects and, and things like that. So I, I really, yeah, I think the production was pretty high. What do you think, Alfred? I thought the same. I was really impressed. I mean, some of the cinematography at first, just compared to today, I got to take myself back like, you know, 31 sure. years. 
video production quality wasn't as good as it was back then for some movies. But it was really, I liked how it was filmed. And the stop motion animation for the for the um, demonettes or the mini me demons were, I thought they were really cool and they were so smooth it was hard to tell if they were actually stop motion. I mean, you you could, but they just did it so well, and they creeped the hell out of me when he when Terrence falls into the pit and then he's like, um, "Hey guy," it's almost like he's like, "Oh, what yeah. a cute little." Mom. And then all of a sudden, it's like um, he that one comes over and like bites him in the ankle. Yeah, yeah. It's like holy cow! <laughs> all of them and start I thought biting that was him. Really cool. crazy. <laughs> huh? Oh yeah, that was uh, crazy. <laughs> and then that zombie that came out of the wall—I was—I mean, I've seen a lot of horror movies, but that was really creepy. That zombie is probably one of the top ones I've seen in a long time. I mean, he was. It wasn't that he was scary. He just was like, he was scary. But it just wasn't like a, there was something about it that was just creepy as hell. He was like creepy and scary. And it was like, I don't want to be near that guy. I think, I think the, I think the scariest part with him was when she's looking in the mirror and you can see him in the mirror, but she can't. And he's standing there and he's just kind of looking at her. That, that creeped me out as a child. Like I was like, holy shit, that's just, that's just too intense. Um, and then he looks even better once he takes a shotgun to the face because then all of a sudden you see part of his skull and the makeup effects uh-huh. are just incredible for that stuff. Um, yeah, they are. Uh-huh. They, you, it was really high. The final demon, I thought they, they underdid it. I mean, if they would have done, it just wasn't as believable as the other two things. But sure. my favorite special effects scene that was still floors me this day is when the zombie falls and then he splits into all the demonettes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I it, love in, that interesting. It, it, interesting story about the little the little minions. They were not minions. stop motion. They were not stop motion. They weren't. Um, oh wow. No, and it, and it's and it's and it's one of my favorite things about the movie because there's there's actually um, there's little featurettes you should be able to find online either on YouTube or something that talk about it. The minions were actually people in suits, and everything that was done with the minions was forced perspective. Wow, they Whoa. they they built they 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 built giant bedroom sets and stuff and did force perspective and the and the minions were all people in costume. Dang, wow, to me, the, yeah, to me that is one of the most amazing things about this movie is the fact that with you know again with such a low budget. They were able to pull that off to the point where it fools people. People think that it's just really smooth stop motion, and it's not. It's forced perspective with people in suits, and it looks so damn good. It looks so damn good. It's it's like a magician's trick. That was that explains it because I was like, man, I thought because it would look like it for a little bit, but then I was like, this is really cool. I mean, I was impressed. And yeah, when they no, to break, I was eating their way through the door. I was like, oh god. I, I was I was I was really hoping that neither one of you caught that because I because wa- I wanted to see your reactions when I revealed that that's what it was wasn't stop motion because most people <laughs> think the same thing I did when I was a kid too I thought it was all stop motion and then when I uh, as I got older I saw a featurette on it and I was like are you shitting me like that's crazy like these guys are just like it was so well done like I said forced perspective to to basically pull all that off 
Um, I think the only stop motion was when the zombie splits up into the, or like when the hands, but like any, anything that hits the ground and splits up into little pieces is stop motion. And then the demon at the mm-hmm. end is stop motion. Um, mm-hmm. But everything else. Yeah. It's just, I, I, w- I was blown away when I found that out. And it's, and, and I, you can, it's easy. You can, you can actually do a search for it online and you'll find like behind the scenes set pictures and stuff showing uh, the big giant bedroom set that they built and all the guys like in costume standing there waiting for the scene to shoot. It is, it's, it's really neat to see the behind the scenes photos. It's so cool. Uh, I highly recommend seeking those out uh, when you get a chance. Cause it's really neat to see that stuff, uh, you know, with the curtain drawn back. Okay. I, I just want to warn you guys. Uh, I accidentally hung up. You know, I didn't mean oh. to, and uh, so you guys kept talking. So I'm guessing you kept recording. Uh, it said start your show now, but then it said continue. So I have no idea what just happened. Um, I am hoping it recorded everything because it's you, you guys are still on talking. So yeah, so, I mean. We I don't know. I'm hoping we didn't miss a few things, but I'm so sorry. I did not mean to to hang up. I pressed the wrong button um, on my phone, um, and Oops. shit. I thought it just would turn. I thought it would just turn my screen off real quick because I kept pressing things with my freaking face. So, all right. Well. Um, did you, I did you miss live? Lost something live. Um, I am so sorry, and, you know, um, but I'm pretty sure we didn't. So, anyway, carry on. So, so did the you? I did you miss? The, was creepy too. Yeah. Did did you did you miss the reveal, Moody? That I that I that I said. I might have. Okay. Can you repeat um, it just in case? And just in case the, other people the, might. Have, the um the minions weren't stop motion. Oh oh, I got that. I got that part. Okay, but good. Is there any good. more to it that <clears throat> I missed? Oh uh, no, just just to, just if you get a chance, like um, go online. There's featurettes and there's behind the scenes photos of exactly like the big giant uh, bedroom set and like all the people in costume. Like, but yeah, no, just that that's pretty much all I was. I was just going on and on about it because it's really impressive that. Uh, a lot of people think that it's stop motion, but it's really just people in suits and forced perspective and giant sets that they were created, uh, especially considering the low budget that they had, that they were able to pull this off and it looks so good. Uh, that's pretty much all I had said. I, I didn't know I didn't know how long you've been off the phone, so I just wanted to make sure you didn't miss the. Um, well, so I'm looking. Yeah, I'm looking on it live while it's doing the playback or whatever, and it and it, it had sort of waiting for host to call in, so. We might have missed it live, but I think it's still recorded. So hopefully everybody can still hear. Um, you know, like I think it records while uh, you guys are on here. So if you guys missed it live for like a split second, I think it was only like uh, literally a minute or two. Um, uh, go check it out uh, in the archives and see if that what happens. So well, yeah, it's saying 22 minutes. And so uh, I'm thinking it's still been recording. We're spending more time talking about it recording than actually focusing on the show. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's continue. All right. Um, so we, um, 
So I, I think we've we've talked about the special effects and, and how impressive they are. I mean, between the makeup effects and, again, the special effects are really good. So as a whole, I think the movie, The First Gate, is is pretty much deserves the cult classic status. I mean, Vestron... Uh, which is uh, which is a uh, really cool uh, DVD Blu-ray company like Sh- uh, Scream Factory, Shout Factory, uh, and Arrow. Uh, Vestron put out a uh, um, a special edition uh, Blu-ray and DVD of the ga- of the first gate um, that uh, that has a lot of extra stuff on it. I think it has some of the featurettes I was talking about and set pictures and everything. So if uh, if you haven't already gotten the Lionsgate. Uh, version that came out a few years ago, which is kind of bare bones. The Vestron video I, uh, version, I think, is available on Amazon. It's a little bit pricier, but it comes with so much more. Um, because Vestron's another one of those companies, like I said, they're picking up like all these out of out of uh, out of date titles or out of out of print titles and bringing them back, which is really awesome. I love all the companies that are doing that right now. Uh, but I digress. So, I guess what I want to talk about for the first gate before we before I jump into the gate two. Which will be this will be that'll be more of a one-sided conversation. Um, the appeal of the first gate. So, uh, and this will be kind of cool because I'm coming at it from somebody who's grown up with it, and you guys are coming at it from a fresh perspective. So, what do you guys think coming at it from a fresh perspective, seeing it for the first time uh, since it came out in '87? What do you guys think is the appeal of this kind of movie, uh, either at the time or either or or, or in the current uh, horror climate? Uh, or both, uh, depending on which one you want to answer. Uh, Alfred, we'll go with you first this time. I am real quick. Hopefully you didn't lose us. We may have dropped line for about a minute. We're back, but we're about to go. We are in our five-minute warning until we got to join us on recording for the final 15. So if we drop off again, you can just pick us up on <laughs> the podcaster. So, um, yeah, I thought the appeal, looking back, I probably would have liked to have watched it when I was younger because it did have that adventure feel. It had like a lot of this stuff like nowadays, I was like, you know, the games in the room and like the model rockets and, and um, just to have model rockets with explosives. I mean, I don't even know if they sell those anymore, but I thought <laughs> they had the adventure appeal like Goonies or stranger things has now. Um, qualities of just having some crazy stuff happen at your house. And one thing I thought was really cool, and you had mentioned the Cthulhu stuff, was when they were listening to the heavy metal and he's playing the music right. backwards. Yep. And whenever you play movie music backwards, that, that bug, I mean, that's like, whoa, that's crazy. You sure. know, but it's, <laughs> it's another one of those creepy things like, I think it was in the House of a Thousand Corpses. They're playing Aleister Crowley backwards when she's going into the right. pit, and I'm like, "Dear Lord, that's scary." But but I digress. Um, but yeah, I think it has appeal for today. Maybe a little bit dated, but it sure. wasn't so gory that it was not watchable. And right. it was something that definitely captures the '80s horror spirit. Cool. Yeah, that was, so that's guess, all good points. And the eye in the hand was. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that yeah, I, I didn't mean to cut you off on that one. Um, yes, the eye on the hand is really, really cool. That uh, that is actually one of my favorite parts. But I always wince, even nowadays. Every time he goes to jab the with the with the piece of glass, now I wince every time. It's like, oh God, no, yeah. stop it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, Jonathan, what did uh? 
what's your what are your thoughts on 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 the appeal? Do you think it still has appeal? Do you think uh, what do you think of, of uh, its appeal in the '80s as opposed to its appeal now? Uh, yeah, like like kind of what was said. Um, I I agree that uh, the appeal there's. I think we live in a we live in an age right now where '80s um, you know is kind of being thrown back. You know, everybody's right. doing '80s stuff. It's actually now it's going toward more '90s stuff. You know, which is sure. weird. Um, you know, but the '80s was a really big thing. There was like throwback slasher movies. You know, set like '80s and you know, all these different things. And, I mean, people just love the 80s. Um, and so I think people would really, really, really get a kick out of uh, out of this movie. Um, uh, I really, uh, I think that there is, there has been some, uh, like, like was said, Stranger Things probably did take a little bit from the gate um, and things like that. So I'm, I'm sure it's got, it's very much got like a cult appeal and people would uh these days would still still get a kick out of it it's not it is not very dated to be honest um i mean there might be like posters on the wall of like mus- musicians sure. that you know are no longer around but aside from that i think it's i think it's really got its appeal so i think uh i think people would still dig it is my opinion yeah no i i agree i think uh, I, I think it's uh, as far as the as far as uh, you know when it came out in '87, I think it 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 was a really good. I mean, because it did well in the box office, it did well enough to get a sequel made in the early '90s. Um, so clearly, it was you know it had plenty of appeal back then. Um, and I think, like I mentioned before, you know you had eighty eighty like the the mid to late '80s. You had a lot of kid centric. Um, films coming out uh, at that time. You had, you know, Goonies, you had Monster Squad. Um, it was, there was a lot of kid-centric adventure and horror films coming out around that time. You had, uh, or you had um, uh, uh, Lost Boys, uh, stuff like that. Uh, basically where oh, yeah. you, you were, you, there was, there was, they were, they were trying to, I think they were really trying to appeal to a certain, uh, like a certain audience. Like you really were like, cause they would do, they were doing these like horror films, but also had kid appeal to them, you know, these adventure movies and stuff. And so I think, uh, as far as the gate goes, it's a lower budget affair. It's a little bit, uh, a little chintzier when it comes to, to, you know, the production value and everything, but I think it holds up really well. I think it holds its own against the bigger, the bigger guys, uh, very well. Uh, I think the acting was pretty decent. Um, I think everybody was on par. A- anyone who was annoying in that film, I think was meant to be annoying. And I think they did that very well as well. Like the, like the two sisters, the two sisters, I hate them so much. But the thing is, is you're supposed to hate them because they're annoying as hell. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think, and I think by today's standards, I, I mean, I think there's a reason why Vestron has put it out on Blu-ray this year and why, you know, uh, Screen Factory has put the second one out. I think, um, I think the gate still holds up very well. Like, like I, there is some datedness, like the fashion, you know, the, the 80s hair. Holy shit, those two sisters I actually knew girls and I actually knew girls in, in junior high that had hair like that. That was just the the freaking hairspray and shit. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> but I I think despite that, I think the special effects hold up really well. In fact, the special like even the stop motion, 
is still decent because uh, they didn't they didn't try to go too overboard. They I think if they try to do stop motion with anything more uh, grounded, like you know, like anything else, would it would have it wouldn't have come off as well. But to do a demon, demons are kind of ethereal and kind of uh, weird looking anyway. So and and the demon doesn't really do a whole hell of a lot, um, other than just stand there and blink and 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 you know grab uh, Glenn and everything. So I think for for the minimal amount of things that they do with it, I think stop motion works really well. I think it holds up really well. Uh, there are some moments, I think, when the rocket goes through his uh, torso, I think that's a little bit uh, – that's not very good. Um, but right. by that point, by that point, you're already, uh, you're already committed to the movie. So if you, if you, you either already like the movie by that point or you already hate the movie by that point. So that moment isn't really going to sway you either way, I think, in my opinion. Um, but I think, you know, considering, like I said, with the with the minions and everything, I think it holds up really well, and I think it's 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 really worth checking out if anybody hasn't uh, seen it yet. Um, so with that, um, kind of exhausted that one. Uh, we got like less than fifteen minutes left, so I'll throw a, I'll I'll throw us into the gate, uh, the second gate, real real quick, and uh, and just kind of bounce some stuff off you guys and see what you think. So. Gate 2 came out, I think, like, 91, uh, came out a few years later, um, 91 or 92, um, uh, 1990, okay, my bad, um, so, came out a few, a few years later, Steven Dorff didn't come back, uh, no, no, nobody, nobody from that family came back, the only person who came back was Louis Tripp, the kid, the kid who played, um, his best friend, um, Terry, Terry, yeah. Yeah, a little bit older. Um actually quite a bit older. At least you know, like two like he he had a he had like a growth spurt. Like he like between the first gate movie and the second gate movie his balls dropped and he suddenly turned into a pimply-faced teenager. Uh it was weird. Um and so the premise of Gate 2 is a little bit and and, it, and here's the other thing too. The the second gate movie had a, I, I think they had a lesser budget. They were having a hard time trying to even get somebody to distribute it, and they finally did. Um, but the production value feels more like a 1990s direct-to-video kind of film. You know what I'm talking about? Um, so it definitely shows. But the the Second Gate film is kind of it starts off more like a monkey's paw kind of movie, um, and it it only like even like like. Like most sequels that came out in the late 80s, early 90s, it only like barely like acknowledges the first film. Because when, when we meet back up with Terry, he still lives in the same house with his dad. Uh, his best friend and their family moved away a long time ago, and their house is all decrepit and run down, and there's fences around it, you know, basically saying keep out and stuff. So they acknowledge that something weird happened there. His dad has gone from being a guy who's basically out on business all the time to somebody who doesn't have a job, and he's now drunk all the time, which is a weird change. Um, but Terry is very much big into the wizard, like not wizarding, but he's very big into uh, the occult now. And so he wants to try to recreate what happened in the first movie, like which makes no sense whatsoever because they tried so hard to stop it in the first one. So he finds a way to, because I guess he discovers that he can, su- he can summon one of those minions from the first movie, and then if he captures it, it'll grant him wishes. So he manages to do that. Meanwhile, these two bullies and uh, the girlfriend of one of the bullies uh, ma- uh, managed to find him in the in the uh, in the rundown house of his best friend, and they get involved. And so now, all of a sudden, they 
you know, they, they capture the minion and they're all making wishes. And the problem is, is the wishes are fine at first, but then eventually the wishes turn into literal shit. I am not even making this up. Literal shit. Uh, prime example, if they wish for a car, they get the car. The wish only lasts for like maybe like 24 hours and then it turns into literal shit, like poop. <laughs> it is the weirdest thing in the world. And eventually uh, what you find out is um, more demons are getting summoned through the portal because they, they accidentally fuck up again. And the two bullies are slowly starting to turn into demons because the demons are coming through, but they're, they're trying to find a vessel to, 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 um, to inhabit. And so they pick the two bullies. And so now Terry and the bully's ex-girlfriend have to stop these demons from coming through the portal and bringing all their buddies through. Uh, it's really, really interesting. I, I'll say this. Um, it's not as good, obviously. Uh, I think the kid who plays Terry, uh, Lewis Tripp, was better in the first one. I think he was funnier and smarter and more of a wisecracker. In this one, he's too dour and and um, uh, emo and just you know. I mean, he's got the angst, which I guess is I guess is, it makes sense as he's supposed to be a teenager. But I don't know. It's just really weird. Like the 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 first two thirds of the movie is kind of a slog to get through because it's like it's a it's a it's a monkey's paw uh, story, but it, they don't really execute it very well. It just takes forever to get through it. It's just I don't know how you can make a monkey's paw storyline boring, but they managed to do it. The last third, the last half hour of the movie is actually really, really good because that's when the demons start to show up and all this really weird shit starts to happen. And um, so that's that's kind of how the sequel is. Um, is it worth buying for 20 bucks on Amazon, Jonathan? No. <laughs> you you, you, you right, made a I'm wise glad I, decision. I'm glad I didn't, glad I didn't do that. <laughs> you made a wise decision. Is it worth watching? Yes. It's worth watching for two reasons. One, the 90s horror vibe. Because you, you, everybody, you, you guys are all familiar with, how, with kind of how horror transitioned in the 90s, and really, especially the early 90s. It, it's 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 neat. It's a neat time capsule to see how the second gate uh, differs from the first. And that half the last half hour is I would almost say it's so good it's worth at least renting, if not waiting to see if it pops up on Netflix or somewhere free. Um, so um, since neither of you guys really saw it, I can't really you guys can't really give me any feedback on it. Um, uh, I will say the production quality is definitely lower. You can tell. I mean, there are some decent special effects. Uh, I think they do some of the forced perspective stuff again with the one minion that they catch. Um, but the plot, you know, it's it's different enough that it's almost like disregarding some elements of the first film. Um, but uh, it's 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 definitely not worth twenty bucks. I'll give you that. Um, you made a wise decision <laughs> there. Um, but it's definitely I, – I definitely recommend at least checking it out, at least uh, to get through the first slog and get to the last half hour. Because the, half half the last half hour is really, really fun. Uh, it just, it, it, but also makes the, makes the first two-thirds stand out even more is just how bad they are. So I guess um, – since you guys didn't see it, I guess I'll just throw out uh, an open-ended – like if you guys have questions or anything you guys want to want to say about it, uh, you know, just feel free. Um, uh, open discussion, uh, Jonathan. Uh, anything you want to say about it? Uh, you know, any thoughts or any questions you have about the film at all? 
No, I'm just hoping it comes on Amazon Prime at some point. I mean, it seems like the, this would be a perfect thing for Amazon Prime to have, you know, as far as things go. I don't know why Screen Factory won't uh, wouldn't release it. They release, like, pretty much every other, you know, movie from their uh, their factory. So, weird. But, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. Yeah, it's really strange because, like, like you said, like, most stuff that comes out from Shout or Scream Factory usually ends up on uh, Amazon Prime or or on Amazon to rent, and so it's really weird that the first gate's uh, there, but the second one isn't. And I really thought it would be as soon as it came out on Blu-ray, but I don't know why. Um, I'll ask uh, uh, I'll ask Shutter I'll ask Shutter when I see them at Texas Frightmare if they can put Gate sure. Two on uh, Shutter, you know, if sure. they can get the rights to that or something. That'd be awesome. That'd be cool. The only the only other thing, the only other place, I haven't checked, so I don't know for certain, but the only other place that I could imagine that you might be able to find it is because I know Shout Factory has their own channel on, like, uh, on Roku and stuff. Because um, that's, that's where they show all of the MST3K uh, episodes and everything that they have. You might be able to find it uh, on the Shout Factory channel on, on like, Roku and, and, and the services like that, but I don't know for a fact. Um, I'd have to check. Um, but if anybody would have it, they might. Um, but uh, what about you, Alfred? You got any any questions, any any insights or, or, or concerns about the second gate um, that uh, I can try to answer? <laughs> Does it leave it open for gate three? Um, no, no, it doesn't. And, and and to be fair, the first movie didn't really leave it open for a gate two. Like they, pr- it pretty much was like. Uh, you know, it was all cut and dry, tied into a little bow. They, they they saved humanity, and they just kind of sat there waiting for the parents to show up to see how their house was still trashed. Um, yeah. The, uh, like, there's a little oh, – well, go ahead. Kind of like weird science in reverse. This time the house didn't get fixed. <laughs> right, right, exactly. The thing I will say about The Gate 2 uh, is that there's a little bit more humor to it um, than, in the, than the first one. Uh, I think they were kind of – it's a different director as far as I remember. So it's just a different kind of tone. It's a weird tone because it's, it doesn't really seem as much of a horror film as the first one is. Um, Cause like I said, most of the part is just them running around making wishes and having the wishes go fine at first. But then suddenly like it literally, like I, I, I had no idea that there was gonna be so much like fake shit in this movie just like like just suddenly pop up like oh look there's shit like at one point the two bullies uh are in a restaurant because they wished for like uh a lot of money and so they're in a fancy restaurant and they're going to pay for their dinner and suddenly the guy reaches into his pocket and the money is already turned into shit and so he pulls out all the shit and just everywhere and i'm like oh my god what the hell is going on like i i don't know whose idea that was but holy shit literally um, there, there definitely was more attempts at humor in this. Uh, the makeup effects weren't bad. Like some of the demon effects that they did for the, for when the guys were turning into demons was pretty cool. Um, I think they did a little bit of stop motion for one of the demons there as well. But, um, yeah, as a whole, um, very, very, uh, very weak addition to the series. Although the, the, the ending is really interesting too. They, they add one final joke that I won't spoil in case you guys get a chance to see it, but. Um, the appeal for this one, uh, briefly, uh, definitely not the first, like the first one, the first one's a classic. I think the second one, if you're into like schlocky 
kind of campy, kind of like you're into that 90s uh, kind of like not so great horror uh, kind of st- uh, stuff. This is definitely the movie for you. And I said, like I said, the half, the very last half hour, I think is worth it. Um, but it's just not, it doesn't, it doesn't quite have the appeal. I'm really surprised that Scream Factory got the rights uh, and put it out, uh, honestly. Um, so I don't, it just definitely does not have the appeal of the original. So um, I'll leave it there. We've got like two minutes left so we can wrap up. Um, okay, so uh, let's just say uh, next week we're going to be doing step-by-step, so we'll be talking about that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess, um, oh, I just wanted to make mention that Shell Factory TV, their Roku channel, does not have it. I was just checking it while I was listening Boo. to you. Yes, um, they've got a lot of their, you know, a lot of their films. So I don't know right. what, um, you know, so I don't know what happened. Um, but yeah, sadly they don't. So, but anyway, um, think I guess thanks everybody. This is an awesome show. Yeah, thanks. thank you for guys for for at least watching the first one. Um, I feel bad because I kind of took up uh, most of the time for the second one, but uh, um, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, join us on. Uh, I guess you guys can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and and Facebook and um, and hopefully we'll be doing other stuff too. So join us on those things. And thank you all for listening. Yep. Thanks. Everybody good have night, a good y'all. night. Don't open the gate. Right, have a great night, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't open the gate. <laughs> all right. Bye, guys. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.